0: All right, I'm just coming down from upstairs. But uh, you can get ready and just find your Bibles and turn to Acts 28. And we will be reading 1 through 16 together. Do you have your note? Do you have det The glass words. Did you give testimony? Yes, yes, I'll do it. Yes, because we're going to talk talk about this. is my Greek philonexia. That's actually the theme when we get there. So I thank you for bringing that out. It's Greek, yes, Greek. All right, turn to your Bibles in Acts 28, and then we'll go from there. If I can find it myself. I actually do have a preface for my sermon today, and that is because I know some of you, and so I just want to preface what I'm going to say. Miles did a great job. It's all about knowing Jesus more. I can't look at you guys. it's These are only for reading, or else I get dizzy. Uh, our sermons are never to condemn you or to make you feel you should do more things because this sermon could feel like oh I have to, just to do more things that is not the purpose of our sermons Our p- purpose of our sermons is exactly what Myers said they are that we would see Jesus as glorious and worthy and we would put our trust in him and then we would see the good works that God has prepared for us so the Christian life is never telling one another just do more, just do more no, it's pointing to Jesus that we see that overwhelming love that God has poured out for us in Him. But they are also going to be challenging. My job is not to just tell you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear by the power of the Holy Spirit. So there will be challenging as well. There should be encouragement for the brokenhearted. There should be challenge for the one who needs challenge. So we tr- I try to do both when we do this. And and I'm going get to get to the reading. But we are going to talk about hospitality today. And I thought it was beautiful. And we'll get into that more, the definition of hospitality. Because maybe sometimes we think it's only about receiving people into our home and giving them food. We, that's part of it. But it's doing it the way that that God does. We share that with others. All right, that was the preface. Let's read together. Uh, just to catch you up, uh, they were just shipwrecked for 14 days, and now they just drift, drifted to land. And then we pick it up here. Uh, uh, I'm getting, even, I'm old, but I'm I'm not used to my glasses yet. Um, so this is the the route. They were on, and I love this one even more. You can see they were out at sea for 14 days. Now they went, go, and now they are on Malta. That's what we are going to see happening. This is probably something like this. This is a grain ship, so maybe something like this. And we know that there are 276 people, so it's actually a, quite a number of people. Although there could be up to 600 people in some of the bigger ships. So here we will read together. After we were brought safely through, we learned that the islands was what's called Malta. The natives showed us unusual kindness and kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had begun to rain and it was cold. This is in the latter time of the year also. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat. And fastened to his hand. When the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer. Though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. He, however, showed off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. They were waiting for him to swell up and suddenly fall down dead. But, when they had waited a long time, they saw no misfortune come to him, and they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Now, in the neighborhood of that place, there was where the land belonging to a chief man of the island named Publius, who received us and, in, and entertained us and ho, us hospitality showed us hospitality of three days. It happened that his father. The father of Publius lay sick with a fever and dysentery. And Paul visited him and prayed and put his hands on him and healed him. And when, this has ha- and when this had taken place, the rest of the people of the island who had diseases also came and were cured. They also honored us greatly, and when we were about to sail, they put on board whatever we needed. After three months because they, they're not sailing through the winter. We sailed in a ship that had wintered in the island. Oh, sorry, thank you. Um, a ship of Alexandria with twin gods as figureheads. Putting in at Syracuse, we stayed there for three days. And from there we made a circuit and arrived at Regium. And after one one day, a south wind sprang up, and the second day we came to Pucheli, there we found brothers, and we were invited to stay with them for seven days. And so we came to Rome. And the brothers there, when they heard about us, came as far as the forum of Appius and the three taverns to meet us. On seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. And when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with a soldier who guided him. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, what do I do? Put, put on, or I get. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes without. Okay, so we've had this time, and they come to this island, and the natives. Uh, they in the old translation, they use the. Uh, uh, they use uh, what did they use? Barbarians. Now they use natives, but they are foreign. They are actually probably Greeks that had settled settled Malta a long time ago when they didn't have enough room in Greece. Then they settled the Greeks settled, settled different places. So they probably settled there. And it's it's raining. It's cold. These two hundred people are are either swimming or coming into the shore on wood boards. And they gather and make a fire so they can heat themselves by the fire. Paul is not doing anything. He's not commanding people, although he had told them a lot of the times and encouraged them. He's not telling, oh, you should all go pick up sticks and stuff. No, Paul, Paul is, Paul is uh, he's picking up sticks and as that's happening, all of a sudden he gets, <laughs> he gets bit by a snake. And at that moment I would say, okay, God, I've been beaten. I have been in jail. I have just been at sea for 14 days and we thought we were all going to die. I get to land and now the one who knows all things also have a snake in there biting me, but that was me. But, um, but there's actually a little bit of a point. That's just why I thought when I was ready. Maybe it's a little much to continue to have things happen to you. Um. But then we have this contrast that also happened in Lystra they go so fast from like oh this guy must have been this my must have been a murderer because he got bit by a snake when he got off the ship and so that comes from the the mythology that I mean you can also say uh, whatever goes around comes around or in the biblical one what you sow what you reap and so in this ta- in this case they they see like okay Uh, here justice is a person so in your Bibles of J is probably also with a big J so the person they're talking about the fictitious person they talk about is the daughter of Zeus and Teramis. that's called justice so justice got him although he escaped the sea (laughs) but then a couple hours later no 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 he's not a murderer he is a god I was thinking in my mind ah that's a big turn we, we have the reverse turn, we have the reverse turn when Jesus enters Jerusalem and the whole the crowd yell, Hosanna, Hosanna, uh, blessed is the man who comes in the name of the Lord. And then later the week they shout, crucify, crucify, crucify. It's a very big shift and a very fast one as well just a couple of hours they think he is a god but it's very interesting as you're just looking through the text the natives are very hospitable and then the man of the island he also invites them to stay with him for three days entertaining him entertaining them and giving them hospitality the interesting interesting things that happen i think the interesting thing that happened is that as other people show hospitality to paul he also shows hospitality to them he uses his gifts and abilities that God has given him to say okay thank you so much for your hospitality who is uh, coughing in the next room oh my father is not well oh let me pray for him and he becomes well that spreads to the island and And as they showed hospitality, Paul Paul is just using his gifts and abilities for the glory of God to, to share with these people. And many people get to know who God is through Paul and as he's using his gift in hospitality as well. So it's... In this case it's hospitality to strangers they're all strangers they don't know each other at all and I think it's very interesting to see uh, I, I think the theme just really came up to me I hadn't really seen it much but if you go back and Acts, it's there all the time because as, as as Paul travels to the different places the brothers help him the brothers help him the churches help him some support him and as they go to each place some places they don't have any place to sleep and they're out in the cold. But when there are places where other people see it, we can see it here also. They come out from Rome. They walk miles and miles, like maybe 56, 50 or sixty kilometers. They walk towards them because they hear they're coming. And the other place they stay seven days, seven days with the brothers as they can, as they prepare for the next journey. And so it's a mega theme of of how ministry is possible, because of the Christians showing hospitality to one another as well so that was there but now we have to talk about us and there, now we have to come to maybe the challenging part because what does hospitality look like in your life and is it done the same is it done like the Lord does with us with no prejudices with no, oh, then if I invite Myers over, uh, this new student, then he I hope that he will become this and this and this and then become a blessing for me. Is it done with no thought of what people can give us? Is hospitality only for the weak and the people struggling? Here here we see the case where 275 people fall off a boat and they come out of the water. And the natives see them and they see, what do they need? Well, they need a fire. And then the man of the island, he invites them for food and the place to stay for three days. So the question is, do we have an eye... For the people around us to show the love of Christ indeed to invite to a meal and use our gifts as God has given us so if you are a believer in Jesus Christ you have gotten a gift to bless and encourage the body and for the common good what kind of gifts and abilities has God laid in you Paul lays his hands on the people what gifts do you have, and even if it's returned in kind, if somebody invites you by hospitality, what can you what can you even bless them with? Hospitality is giving of the love that we have received to others. Are we in tune with what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do as we look at people do we obey that voice when it prompts us to talk to somebody to invite somebody for dinner, for lunch or to go to their place to have dinner if they offer are we living this out as we go through our day do we obey and even I have I don't know, maybe I'm a little more strained than other people because I, I really want to obey God and sometimes I obey but I'm not really joyful about it I'm more like the Israelites and I just grumble so do we find joy in doing this do we find joy in showing the love that we have gotten to other people that we are a blessing and a joy then I might, might you might be saying I have all these I mean, there's so many things that could keep me, or that could keep you or me from hospitality. I think one of the biggest ones is fear. What happens? What happens if I ask, ask a stranger into my house? Is it safe? What about my children? What about my wife? I can't mean, if, what if they say no? I think fear is a very, very big one. there's work, you know, you have work. Work takes up so much. My dad said, you know, becoming a retirement was really nice because work too much took so much above your free time, which is true. It takes up a lot of time, more work, and the same with school. You have school, you have homework, and then if you have children, you have your children. Trili- <laughs> You have your children as activities. You might even have church activities. You might say, well, my house is not clean enough. My apartment is too small. I might, in general, be busy with so many things. And so maybe you're thinking some of those questions. You might even have more of them. If we take the first one and we look at fear, we are only to fear God and no one else that is the beginning of wisdom wisdom. because if we only fear him we will fear nobody else we talked about God knowing all things last week if we are obeying the Lord and we must believe that he is also the one who keeps us so we only fear him knowing who he is and knowing that God showed us his love in sending Jesus. So if he is with us, we are safe. Fear is so big at paralyzing all of us who are believers. And it can be fear of so many things. And I wrote down, remember, sin is not contagious. But the love of Christ is. As, Lord, as Paul asked may we ask Lord expand our hearts the people that are parents know this from having their first child oh you know we love that child so much how can I ever love somebody that much but then you get another one and strangely enough there's another (laughs) there's more room to love those as well I lost my way in my notes (laughs) I'm actually done with fear. I'm moving on to work. Work, school, church, uh, kids' activities, they take up so much of my time. How can I be hospitable? But it's good you ask because in those places is probably actually where you will find the people that you can show hospitality to. As you go to the school, as you go to the activities, as you are at work, if they don't know Jesus, they all need to see the hospitality of God through you. And then, you know, <laughs> we had a fun. <laughs> we had a uh, we had a um, a lady that uh, she came from a place. And she came to our house and she was like, after a little bit, she was confused a little bit. And she said, do you have to live in a small apartment if you are a Christian? <laughs> and we are like, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> because we live in a place that was not so big. So she was like, do you, is that something you have to? I was like, well, I'm not really. Um, but I think, I think in our lives we've shown that it is not the size of your place it is not the size of your apartment as somebody wrote you you can if you even in a you have a one room apartment at a college or somewhere that's not the part it's not the room size again it's the size it's the size of our hearts it's the size of our heart to 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 be a blessing and to show uh, to show who God is through our actions of hospitality There's also the one, you know, you're asking me to invite people for a meal, but I am a terrible cook. Yes, uh, that might well, well be, but uh, some people I've heard about they live close to Washington DC, minister to the politicians and stuff and it could be very difficult to be real there because you have all the, everybody wants something from you all the time. And there was a lady, she got so many compliments on her food, like, the lasagna you make is the best, it is so good. The lasagna was frozen, bought from the store. Because she didn't have time to make it. But it had nothing to do with the food. It was the, open of the openness of their home, it was, the, it was the care for the people, that they weren't, want it, they weren't out to get something from them. So she was praised as a fantastic chef but it was frozen and from the store. So you don't have to be an amazing, fantastic cook. Do it for the love of Christ and for the love of the people. When people start seeing you as a friend they're way more and ready to listen to you, when they know you're for them and not against them, and you're not out to get something from them. Somebody said it's rad- radically ordinary hospitality, hospitality. There's a somebody in my household. Maybe my wife would say this sometimes. You're always welcome, and I'm like in my back of my mind. No, people are not always welcome. That might be more of just a statement because they're tame, so people aren't really welcome. But, so it's a very big statement and I don't think that's necessarily hospitality. But the hot behind it is hospitality. That we here when you need you. Feel welcome. And also, like, make yourself at home. <laughs> well, are you sure? No, I mean... Can I go to the fridge? Can they take stuff? And that all depends on the the fellowship and the and the and the what do you call it? The relationship we have. We've had some we have some people in our house who say, we are not your guests anymore. We are your friends. We are a part of this house. Oh, okay. Then I don't have to <laughs> entertain you like they're guests. We have people who say, can I please let me help clean off clean the table please help me this can i play with the children can i do we dare even to let them put the children to bed how much are people a part of our home and then you might say but what about the really big sinners you know the big sinners there's a lady um Who's called Rosita, Rosita Butterfield? She wrote an le- angry, kind of an angry letter because uh, something called the Promise Keepers was coming to town, and she hated the patriarchy because she was a lesbian feminist, and she wrote why right, everything was wrong with that, and she testifies having one two boxes, one of fan mail and one of hate mail. But she got one letter that she, first she threw it away, but then something haunted her and she needed, she came back to it and put it on her table again. That was from a Presbyterian pastor, inviting her to dinner so they could talk about the viewpoints that she had. He also gently pushed back on some of them and challenged some of her presuppositions she she was in a sense famous she was 10 tenure in New York state at one of the universities she had written books and she was a happy lesbian and had no she did not struggle with same-sex attraction she enjoyed it She was invited into this family, and you can look her up on YouTube and she can explain a lot better than me. But she was met by a family that opened their house that was generally interested in who she was and what she believed. As she said, they didn't share the gospel with her the first day, they didn't ask her to come to church. But they asked her about what she believed. She became a friend of them. And she was gloriously met by Jesus as she really studied and tried to figure out what is this? What is it that I believe? Because a lot of people in the world have some view of who God is. And you can say for her, it was mostly people putting up weird signs at different things. And she says, it's so easy to refute that. But she was, she was met by the Holy Spirit as she continued to study. She continued to try to figure out who is this God. She also found out that God treats everybody the same. And that Christians also Confess their sin to God and rely on Him for their justification. So she became a friend of the house because she met somebody who showed hospitality without wanting her to do anything. And where do we see this picture? But isn't that exactly what Jesus did? He meets people right where they are, also in deep sin. And Jesus shows them who God is. Not the picture that people have in their minds of who God is, but who God truly is. Jesus would say to people afterwards, he would say, go and sin no more. He finds this man, this lame man. He has, been, he has been, he has healed him. And then, oh no, sorry. Oh, it's because I have both on the same slide, sorry. So there's uh, two stories from John. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and he said to him, See, you are well. See no more, that nothing more worse will happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who healed him. It's a fantastic story. You go read it. It's amazing. Because at the end he confesses, he confesses Jesus as Lord as they go back and forth for a while. In chapter 8, Jesus stood up. This is the woman called in adultery. And said to the woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she says, no one, Lord. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you from now on go and sin no more so Jesus finds the people right where they are and draws himself draw them to him as he's also challenging them to say okay now you've seen who God really is go live that out and then we have the one, okay, that's not again okay in But then we have the woman at the well. She goes into town after having an encounter with Jesus. What Jesus confesses, he is the Christ. And she comes in. He told me what, he's told me all the things I ever did. And she shares that to all of the gods, to, to the whole whole city. And then the city comes out and they, Jesus is there for two days. And now we believe, not because of her, but because we know that you are the Savior of the world. The pastor and his family loves this person, Rosio, Rosario, thank you. And she experienced the love of Jesus that they had. And it it transformed her life first to become a friend and a part of their family. And then later she becomes a part of God's family. And then we have this mystery. It's a little bit of a jump, but we gotta do not let to show hospitality to strangers <laughs> for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Have you done that has angel has angels been in your house because you had invited strange people into your house? They don't have to be strange sorry about it they may be strange it's not strange people, but people you don't know so it's an encouragement they're from Hebrews. And as I said, Paul's mission and ministry is made possible by hospitality. As they go from place to place, we are also encouraged to show hospitality without grumbling. So that was me, for me, without grumbling. And Peter, he writes, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. So he's talking about the church. Show hospitality without grumbling. The rest of the verse Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each has received the gift. That's what we talked about. The gift we have received that we use to serve one another. As God's steward of God's very grace, whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified, as Marty said, Glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. So what about you? Have you experienced this kind of hospitality? What is the gifts that God has given you? To serve people and so they can be served. But of course it's not really all about You. It's actually all really about Jesus. So God, how does God actually show hospitality to us? Well, we won't then be here if he didn't. We, God creates the world. As far as we know, it's the only hospitable place for human beings to live. He creates us and everything around us. So in, in the sense, God is extremely hospitable because there would be nothing without God. So everything is made. Do uh, you have from? Uh, to get, uh, yeah, that's too much. But God invites us to show, or God shows us the greatest hospitality. Because we talked about, can I go into people's refrigerators? Can I become a part of their family? Can I do these things? And that's exactly what God does. He shows extreme hospitality that even while we were far away in sin, in Jesus he draws us near and we can actually become part of his family. The adoption, a picture of Ultimate hospitality. We read that in two places. We read it in John. Beginning of John. Jesus. He came to his own. But his own people rejected. Did not receive him. But all who did receive him. Who believed in his name. He gave the right. To become the children of God. Who were born not of blood. Nor of the will of the flesh. Nor of the will of man. But of God. Ultimate hospitality invites us to become part of his family an adoption as sons from Galatians but when the fullness of time had come God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And as a son, then an heir of God. God shows his ultimate hospitality by creating all things. And when we messed up and broke his world, He sends his son, Jesus, to invite us back into fellowship, into hospitality, to be adopted into his family. I think it's hard even to think about, then you are heirs through God. Being heirs to God, adopted into God's family. That's how amazing. And we were talking about we we're trying to like, how can we give, how can we glorify God? How we can show like the the thing about um, revival, how is it that every time we preach we show God is more glorious and good the gospel even better than you ever thought it was. This is better than ever. Invite it into God's family. So as Myers was saying, we just this is an offer. Repent of your sin. And believe in your Lord Jesus and you can be adopted into God's family. That is the gospel of God. Ultimate hospitality. Let's pray. God, I thank you and praise you that you are the picture and show the picture of ultimate hospitality as even we were far away from you in darkness, you made a way for us through your son Jesus to be pulled in to light. God, you show us what ultimate hospitality is. Not I pray for all our hearts and our minds that that is what sinks into us, in the core of our being, that you will well up with us joy enlarge in our hearts for the people around us help us understand even more how glorious and amazing you are how much your hospitality has done for us that we would share that with the people that we meet help us to be sensitive to your spirit help us to know your word well help us to have a desire to glorify you God So we thank you and praise you for this time that we've had together. Pray against any condemnation. We preach for conviction of the Holy Spirit to change us. So we pray against the evil one and all the effects. And we pray that what we are left with is how glorious and good you are. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have any comments, questions, or a- angry outbursts, I'm willing to talk to you afterwards. And also, if you want somebody to pray with you, just uh, tell me or or somebody else. Oh, Hades is also here, so you can just say that. Um, just a word, uh, now they're not here. but uh, We are going to have cake, at least. I think there's two birthdays. Uh, so just uh, now you guys know, uh, having cake and if we cannot be outside, then I will, uh, the rule would be we sit at tables doing that because then you can have the distance and then we won't have food everywhere. Um, and also, as Myers said, uh, the house or the family rules are that we want it to be a safe place for all to worship. And so that doesn't mean that the children have to leave the service. It's actually more geared towards after the service that we have a family rules of No running, no screaming. That also goes for the guests. So if you want to run, you have to go outside. I can see I had to say that. No. (laughs) Uh, So I'm all about running, but it's outside. And also if you want to scream out, it's outside. So yes. So you may stand up and uh, we will have the benediction together. And that is small. So I'll find it here. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant equip you with everything good that you may do his will working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Have a fantastic uh, blessed week. Don't run away. Uh, Say hello to some people.